CBHDD is reminding people that the Georgia Crisis and Access Line can help those worried about opioid and stimulant misuse. The toll-free number is online and is active 24-7. More information at opioidresponse.info. Our political reporter Stephen Fowler is back with us to talk about what we just heard and what the future looks like for the average Georgia voter. Stephen, you interviewed one party chair, heard the other. What's the biggest takeaway for you from those conversations? Let's start with Chair Williams. Well, what we see, Virginia, is a continuation of the 2018 uh, legislative cycle and the gubernatorial election. The Democrats have really built out their infrastructure across parts of the state in Democratic strongholds and in places where you'd really be hard-pressed to find Democrats. And that's only going to continue uh, based on what she said about the initiatives that they have. They have the magic number in mind to take back the House, and they're going to target those seats as well as other races across the state. And they're going to be invigorated after that 2018 close election loss with Stacey Abrams and other things that you've seen all of these candidates jumping into these races in Georgia's 7th District to say, we're competitive. We can do this. So big initiatives. What did you hear from Republican Chair Schaefer? What's your takeaway? Well, what I'm hearing from him is that the Republican Party is kind of getting off its laurels to try and counter this energy from the Democrats. David Schaefer said, you know, I was a Republican uh, executive when Republicans didn't exist in the state and we were doing all of these things. And now I see that with these Democrats. So he knows firsthand what type of energy, what type of uh, tenacity is going to be put out by the Democrats. And he says, we're going to try to match that. Well, Senator Williams gave Brian Kemp's first session an F. David Schaefer gave him an A. What would it take to shift these answers at all during the next legislative session? Well, Governor Kemp's signature accomplishments that he's touted from this session are health care and education. So the question is, will he continue to make inroads with health care? The Democrats want Medicaid expansion. He's seeking a Medicaid waiver. But there are other medical and health care related things like maternal mortality that he could end up appeasing Democrats and Republicans, and continuing to work with education could be something that maybe it could lift it up to a D for the Democrats. Now, the governor did say, you know, his staff has said that he got about 95% of his wish list in this first year. So then that begs the question, what's he going to do next year? There's going to be a little bit more pushback. It's going to be a little bit harder. There's going to be a little more campaign jockeying. So he may lose out on some of the uh, shininess from the Republican side. That A plus or an A may go down to a B for bargaining to get things done across the political aisle. And the last thing that we're going to have to watch is the fallout from the abortion bill, whether it takes effect January 1st, whether it goes through the legal process and all of the Hollywood hullabaloo on whether the bill is going to change Georgia's economy. And that is, of course, one of the big stories here. The Life Act, the Georgia abortion ban set to go into effect on January the 1st. Although last week the ACLU announced the context of its lawsuit, both leaders discussed the topic of a Hollywood exodus or boycott. What do their respective stances tell you? Well, David Schaefer said he called it virtue signaling. He says that the Hollywood studios and companies aren't going to go anywhere. The tax breaks are nice. The infrastructure's here. The people's here. And that ultimately, you know, they're going to hope that the courts gum it up or halt it from happening so that then they can say, hey, we're against this bill, but they get to keep the tax breaks. And on the Democratic side, Nakima Williams, Stacey Abrams, other leading Democrats have said no 
these companies need to stay and fight. They need to invest in the people politically like they have financially. And if they don't like the bill, they need to stay here and vote in the elections to try to change things. Right. Well, ahead of the 2018 gubernatorial election, you went to the state Democratic Party convention. Then Executive Director Rebecca DeHart said 2018 campaign is going to represent the party's biggest efforts. Let's hear. We are organizing in areas that we've never been in. We are doubling down in areas where we know there are more votes. We are knocking on more doors. We are making more calls. We are sending more texts. We are having more volunteers coming out and putting their blood, sweat, and tears into this campaign than we ever have before. Now, Stephen, we're looking at 2020, making more calls, sending more texts, getting that ground game going. How is it possible for this election to be even bigger or more immersive for the Georgia voter? Well, you know, Virginia, first off, just under 60 percent of the registered voters in Georgia cast a ballot last November. So there's a huge audience of people that didn't vote that could vote this time. David Schaefer said that the big database that they have, that they've uh, reinvigorated and revitalized, uh, say that they show about half a million people who voted for President Trump in 2016, but sat out in last November's election. And he said that there are about 50,000 Republican voters that moved into Georgia since the last election that they know they can target. So mobilization is the name of the game. The ideology and uh, what they stand for is obviously going to matter. But the main thing is going to be getting out the vote and those people that they know support them, but maybe for whatever reason have not voted. But that part of that equation is people. You have to have volunteers knocking on doors, staffing them, training them. Georgia's become a hotbed of training for campaigners of all stripes. What does that mean for elections? Well, you know, nationally, the Democrats, I've looked to what Stacey Abrams did and the Georgia Democrats did in that campaign. Uh, they brought a bunch of college-age kids into town, down to Macon, to train them and send them back to their colleges and back to their hometowns to become organizers there locally. And the Republicans are planning on building up their infrastructure in all 159 counties. You heard David Schaefer say earlier that there are plenty of counties that Kemp and Trump won that they don't have a official party apparatus. So, you know, they've got to build up that infrastructure. And so there's going to be a lot of people out there knocking on doors, making stump speeches, raising money, different things like that. And so what you see is other states nationally, both Republican and Democratic people, are paying attention to how Georgia runs its campaigns. Well, for the listeners sitting at home or at work or driving down the road, how are things going to change for them in the coming months? Get a bigger mailbox. <laughs> Expect more ads, more TV ads, more digital ads, more social media ads. Expect more in-person contact. Somebody's going to come knock on your door. Maybe they'll knock on your door twice. Expect more of the local level officials, you know, city, county, even state, house, and senate. Expect more attention from them as they benefit from the top-down layers of the organization from like state and national parties, the local level officials will be vying for your attention and harness that because those are the ones that are going to be uh, directly affecting your life. So there's going to be a lot of things to pay attention to to understand what you're voting for next November. Beyond that, at the consumer or voter level, let's look at the recent U.S. Supreme Court decision allowing political gerrymandering, finding that it is not unconstitutional. The court said it's beyond their jurisdiction to rule on the issue. How will that factor into the next couple of months of campaigning 
and politicking. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Local elections matter. The state House and the state Senate seats are super important because the House is going to be the ones drawing the districts that they currently have and uh, readjusting them based on things. And then nationally, you'll have your U.S. House districts redrawn depending on how the census holds out and who's in control and who's in power. And that directly affects your life, the resources that your community gets, the laws that affect how your day-to-day life works. And so another interesting Supreme Court decision is the census question, uh, whether or not the citizenship question is going to be on the census. If that were to have taken effect, it could undercount certain populations in Georgia, which means less money, less resources, eventually maybe one less congressional seat. But, you know, Virginia, I'm going to end on a positive note. It is perhaps the greatest time to cover and participate in Georgia politics because of how fresh and exciting things are. And the message that I want to leave you with is get involved, pay attention, and ask lots of questions because there's lots of answers out there. And stay tuned to GPB. That's that's correct. GPB political reporter Stephen Fowler covers all things politics for us on GPB News, also at gpbnews.org. Coming up, reporters have been covering the struggle for equality for decades, many within their own profession. We're going to hear about a new documentary, Black and Reporting, the struggle behind the lens. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us for that and more of On Second Thought. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.